Hello, hello, hello. This is Tooth Be Told, Dr. Kyle Dumpert. Hi, and this is Dr. Walter Aka. Welcome uh, back for another episode. Yeah, we're back to back right now. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I was just saying, like, how nice it is. So I'm sitting outside. I got my Eagles jersey on. We may or may not win. More than likely won't win. But I'm feeling good because it's a beautiful day today. It's like in the in the 60s, 70s, you know. Okay. Houston, that's like tropics. Okay. Know? All right. Yeah, it's not humid. I'm not getting hit by, you know, attacked by mosquitoes. Uh, you know, it's beautiful, man. Like, I can actually use my, my backyard. We're going to talk about your city, Philadelphia, here in a little bit. Oh, yeah, I want you to, man, because I know you're probably angry about something. Oh, yeah. You know, every mandate pisses you off. It's like, yeah, you know, Kyle, you cannot go shoot random people. How dare you tell me what I do with myself? <laughs> every mandate that Kyle doesn't, that involves Kyle, it just pisses off even more. So th- this is going to be an episode where we get to hear my complaints. Yes, yes, today is your day, bro. Uh, and, and, and we're going to talk about what you sent me, the article you sent me about the ADA and uh, vaccination vaccine uh, mandate. Yes. I have some questions that I actually think would be pretty interesting, too, because the, I, I don't know if it, it's, it applies to everybody or some people, whatever, but we'll talk about that, too. But, Kyle, today is your day, man. Welcome to uh, Dr. Aka's uh, chair of complaints. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you listening to me last week. It's your turn. So, uh Something that I've been paying close attention to are the vaccine mandates um, for employers going across the country. And the biggest thing that I think is affecting dentistry right now is the employees where uh, we don't have, there's an employee shortage across all of dentistry. There's, I think, 40% 40% of offices are looking for either a, a hygienist, front desk, or dental assistants. And when you don't have a, a good staff, let alone a full staff, that affects patient care. It affects everything. So, well, can I say something real quick? Joe? Yeah. It's funny. I actually was in an office and a, a temp hygienist who just graduated was in there. So okay. I was talking to her and uh, she said something that was very interesting to me. She goes, well, I could, you know, stay one office. But one, I get paid more to be a temp, okay. and I get to make my own hours. Okay. So there's this thing right now going around where everybody feels like they're an entrepreneur of some sort, right? Right. You know, everybody's a boss right. with no employees. Everybody's a boss, though, right? Right. And and so the the thing that is crazy is everybody now sees, hey, if I can control for a lot more, then why would I need to be stuck down in one office when all these offices need me? I'll get paid more. Right. Right. So why would I say, yeah, let me go full time in this office when I can literally just dabble around right. and then work when I want to work? So my my counter to that is. Well, and, it's not a counter. I'm just I'm just telling you what she told me. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 So. So I think uh, and I, I started doing this for my employees last year is at the end of the year, I print off. Uh, you know, this is what you're making per hour, but I also include these are the benefits that you're getting, you know, health insurance, retirement, uh, paid time off. Uh, these are the payroll taxes that I'm paying on, on your behalf and right. just list all those benefits out. So the allure of being a temp, uh, there are, there are some drawbacks there because right. yes, you do get the, the higher income, but you know, you're responsible for your own health care. You're responsible for looking into the future and setting up your own retirement plan. Uh, you don't have that potential consistency of, you know, you're going to have this job for, you know, however long you want it. It's a temporary job. So you're always going to be moving job to job. So uh, 
there are some some benefits, the higher pay, but there, there's also some downsides there. And do you think that a lot of these temp um, assistants, hygienists, uh, even doctors, do you think that they're kind of smart enough to put together like a 1099 or or like an LLC or you know whatever S corp or whatever, so that they can kind of utilize the benefits of traveling, the benefits of you know setting up your own retirement? I I, I think the whole process is complicated. I I, I don't well, know, I know how to do that. I yeah. know it is, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, do you think they're actually doing that though? I don't think so. So they're they're missing yeah. out on that opportunity. And same thing with the uh, all the people investing in in stocks, the meme stocks that you know they're buying and selling. They're trying to be day traders. And at the end of the year last year, they get this fifty hundred page list of all of their trades, and then they're forced to figure out, okay, shoot, now what do I got to do to report this to the government to tell them? How much I made and what, how much taxes I owed because I didn't pay. Think I had to worry about taxes through all this stuff. Well, you know, uh, and and actually, it's funny, Carl. I was listening to uh, NPR, and this is when I know I'm getting old. When I started <laughs> a, a sentence with, I, I was listening to NPR. Right? So listen to NPR, and they actually had a, a lady on there that actually said she got laid off, furloughed mm-hmm. last year okay. right, when the whole COVID situation was happening, and so she turned to day trading, option trading, and so forth, right? Mm-hmm. But the one thing that she never once said, she was like, yeah, I love mean stocks, and I, you know, I've made my, um, my, well, what did she say? She made, she said she made her paycheck, she made her paycheck in one trade or something like that. Yeah. And I said, that's awesome. Yeah. To me, like, how can you possibly be mad at somebody that does that? Right, right. right. But here's the question. It's like, one, how consistent are you? Right. How can you be that consistent, right? Because, you know, I mean, let's be honest. You People may say, oh, I'm trading this, and, and anybody that – is, is against this, please let me know, right? Research has shown that long-term hold, buy and hold, is what basically builds wealth. Right, right. Most people don't build wealth off of trading. Right. Right, there is probably one or two people that are selling books right now that tell you trading is the best way to build wealth. Right. Right, but do, I, do they even believe that? Because I can guarantee you they probably have stocks that they've held on to for a very long time. Right. So, so the question I have is, yeah, you trade in, and you're doing this whole meme stock, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I personally think if you're going to go with the flow, go with the flow, make some money, and get the heck out of there, right? But you're absolutely correct. Sooner or later, you're going to have to file taxes, and that goes for crypto. Yeah, People have made thousands of dollars. And, Millions. And, and, and if you're with Coinbase, if you're with Robinhood, if you're with you know, Weeble, I mean, name anything. Right? Yeah. I can make up my own. They know? did that. Shibu. Shibu was a made up meme and it's right. soaring. Right. So if you're with them, they're going to send you a paper that says, hey, this is how much you made. Yep. And the government will go back at least 10 years. And this yep. is what they're trying to do. They're going back at least 10 years to say, how much money have you made in crypto? And we want <laughs> we want our money. Yep. The IRS will always get their money. Yep. Absolutely. So that's just a little bit. I don't, I don't mind Shibu and Ibu and, and, and Dogecoin and all. I don't care about that. I don't care if you were in that, uh, what was it, uh, the, the Squid Game coin. Yeah. When it, when it went up and then sky and then dropped down to, to zero. I hope you were in the top and hey, it sold out. I really if you did, got a good you know? crystal ball and you can tell when the top is, good yeah. for you. I'm, I'm not mad about that. I'm yeah. not going to ever be mad about that. But one thing I, I got I to gotta say is I need you guys to stay around and listen to us more. So do not go to jail. <laughs> Just pay taxes. Like, we, we don't have many listeners. So, so we need whoever's listening to basically pay your taxes so that you don't go to jail. We can't afford to have you in jail. And, like literally, like that would mess up our, our viewership and listen. You know? <laughs> so uh, that, that was quite the rabbit hole. Uh, 
Let's so, talk about let's talk about the whole um the whole thing with the uh, vaccine mandate. So because I remember when you said that to me, I was like, oh man, I, I had no clue. Yeah. So the the vaccine mandate, uh, what I've been watching is it was directed more at private companies that have more than a hundred employees. If if you have that. Um, the employees are required to get vaccinated or if there's some sort of exemption, religious or health reason, then there's weekly testing. And um, it was a little unclear who's paying for that testing, whether the employee or the employer. But um, I think that's supposed to go into effect sometime in January. And for the companies that don't listen to it uh, or they ignore it, they can potentially get a, a pretty hefty fine of, I think it's like 14,000 per occurrence or, or some very high number. Right. Um, the other caveat is if you are a federal contractor, which mm-hmm. if you accept Medicare or Medicaid or any of the federal insurances, my understanding was that makes you a federal contractor and would therefore uh, make a lot of dental offices, you know, part of that vaccine mandate. Uh, there was also no a, matter no matter how many employees you have. Correct. Right. You got to make sure you met. Yeah. And uh, there, I believe, there's also a healthcare mandate that anybody working in healthcare had to be vaccinated. So, so technically, that's again us again. Right. So that's that we have. Yeah. Um, the AGD sends out daily emails on updates, and we just got this. Or I just got this email um, that said. Uh, USA Today reports on Thursday, the Biden administration unveiled a sweeping new COVID-19 vaccine rule, affects 17 million healthcare workers, um, requiring them to be fully immunized by January 4th. Contrary to the companion mandate for private businesses, healthcare workers who refuse vaccination won't have the option of getting tested in lieu of immunization. Uh, it goes on to say that... Um, the requirements, ex, uh, this mandate applies. Uh, this mandate applies to all facilities that take payments from Medicare or Medicaid. Right. And then it goes on to say the requirements exclude dental professionals. Uh, the interim final rule states because Center for Medic CMS, uh, Center for Medicaid or Medical Services or whatever that they fall under because CMS does not regulate health and safety in physician and dental offices or in non-healthcare settings, such as assisted living facilities, those entities may provide alternative, alternative places of employment for staff currently working for providers and suppliers subject to this rule who refuse vaccines. So basically that's saying dentistry is not included. Right. Right. Which then the question I have is this, ready? So if you're a, a DSO, right? technically you support the dental office. Right. You have hundreds of employees But if you're one of the big ones. But the, it's not all like uh, Heartland. It's not right. all Heartland. They have their own individual. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. So again, right? Heartland has a dental office that they own. But they're also they also have a division that's supposed to be the supportive section of right. it, right? Yeah. Does that fall under that, or is that uh, uh, away from that, right? Because Heartland has 
hundreds, probably thousands of employees yeah. that are not dentists or work in the dental office. Right. So does that mean that that part of Heartland needs to go and get vaccinated? I don't know. They right. have. That, they, they, they've got the legal team to figure that out. Us well, little guys don't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but that's my question, right? Because yeah. and and then if you if you're in a dental office, right, and you do some, you know, take Medicaid or Medicare, um, you know, like like I said, like I was saying, like would that be something that? I mean, like, what if they decided to start regulating, right? Because right? the only reason why we're not under this is because we aren't regulated, right? Right. So what if they say, no, we're going to start regulating you guys. So then you guys have to stand by uh, some kind of code of conduct or, 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 or a standard for, you know, being eligible to take Medicaid or Medicare. Right. So the American Dental Association, they're not our regulatory body, but they're kind of our voice in government. Right. Right. I'm talking about the CM. Uh, what did you say? The CSM? CMS. CMS. Yeah. CMS, yeah. So like what if they say in order to in order for a dental office to get Medicaid or Medicare, we have to, I don't know, uh, do like a sweep of the, the office. It could be. It could be. Because right, now you're regulated, right? Right. Because right now our regulation falls under OSHA and the Department of Health. That's it. So yeah. uh, this brings up Philadelphia in, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> in, in Pennsylvania. I'm wearing my Eagles shirt, but go ahead. In Pennsylvania, Philadelphia is the only... Uh, municipality that that has come down and put that vaccine mandate on dental offices inside of Pennsylvania. So if you're oh, wow. a dentist or dental staff inside of Philadelphia, you have to get vaccinated per city of Philadelphia's mandate. Nowhere else in Pennsylvania is this a thing. Um, really? The American Dental Association sent out a letter... To the White House on October 27th, and basically, it's uh, w- which made me very happy with the American Dental Association because, as this we know, first time. we this we don't first like time. regulation, or I don't like regulation, but right. uh, basically saying you know, research shows COVID nineteen infection rates among dentists and dental teams are very low, far lower than the infection rates for other healthcare workers such as nurses and physicians, and even lower than the general population. Cumulative COVID-19 infection rate was just 2.6% for dentists and 3.9% for dental hygienists. And this was back Question. back in November and October of 2020 when there was no vaccine available. Let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Now, now, now you got me asking a question because I'm seeing something different in Texas. Okay. Right? Good old state of Texas. Yeah. Right? Where everything is bigger in Texas. Yeah. Right? So uh, everything is bigger in Texas. That also means the infection rate is bigger in Texas okay? because I'm seeing a lot of offices and I've talked to a lot of friends who are dealing with front office people coming, going, coming and going because of COVID. Okay. Right. And it's like it's spiked. It's the craziest thing. I, I want to say like even before the vaccine, it wasn't that bad. And you were absolutely correct. I think everybody was like, OK, man, we got to we're working in the dental office. We really got to take it seriously. Right. Then COVID, the then vaccine came out, and I swear that's when the spike went up. Yeah. And this is just a, this is just a, just you know, um, a research done by myself. I mean, this is not legit research. This is not you know ADA approved yeah. at all. All right, this is what I noticed and talking to everybody else that I know. Right, and it's basically there's been a spike. So a lot of people not only can we not find hygienists, assistants, and so forth, front office. Now we're losing people because they're going out for two weeks because of them getting COVID. Okay. You know, so that's something that I'm not sure if they're reporting, 
Now they, but I wish I doubt it. They, uh, this was based on just, uh, dentists and dental hygienists. I believe they didn't have, they don't have the data for assistants or Got front you. desk staff. Got you. So we're more responsible than the front office or assistants. That's what you're saying. I mean, we're trained. Oh, you're going to get some bad letters. From we're, we're trained. <laughs> we're trained with infection control. I, I think, and, it, I, and I, it's not saying that the front desk is getting uh, sick in the dental office. They could be out getting sick on their own right. and coming coming back to the dental office. But the the letter is basically saying, you know, we shouldn't be subject to this because we're already experiencing a uh, an employee shortage. Right. Where we've proved that we're a very safe place to be, safer than the general population inside the right. dental office. Okay. Uh, so. Why are you going to put mandates on us that's going to affect people's ability to get treatment that is needed? And um, I, I was you know, very happy to see the, that the ADA put that out. Well, okay, so by, by them actually writing a letter, Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I'm I'm very critical of the ADA, yeah, because I need to find a reason why they exist. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but in all honesty, putting out a letter does what? I can guarantee they have millions of dollars that they could go lobby. Right. I'd rather them say, "Hey, we've been lobbying for this," versus we should we sent a letter, a very strongly worded letter. You know, because I could send a very strongly worded letter to Kyle and say, Kyle, man, you, you've been acting up lately. You know, like you need to stop. Well, and Kyle could just throw, to, throw, that, throw that in the trash. So so it says, uh, I, I skipped some parts, but okay, it starts off by saying, on behalf of our 162,000 members, they, and we thank you for meeting with us yesterday. So the, they sent a, I guess this is a follow-up letter for a meeting that they had, but when... I would assume when an organization is coming to lawmakers and saying we represent 162,000 people, that right. has a little bit more clout than Walter sending a letter to to I the president. You don't know who I know. <laughs> you don't know who I know. Right? I'll be like, listen, I need you to go ahead and read this letter out loud. You know, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no, I mean, I, that's, that's cool. I, I, I personally, you know, I, I personally think that we need to do more Yeah. because I mean, we're just, again, just talking, even myself looking for, I just got two new assistants about a month ago, a month and a half ago, but looking for assistance was a pain. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about like you, you a needle in a haystack is not even a word. Yeah. yeah. I mean like competent assistance. Right. Let's, let's preface it by saying that, uh, People that actually care to want to do their job. Right. Because, again, their mindset is, well, if I get fired here, I'll just go next door because they need me. Or so right now it's a supply-demand situation. Or I There's can go work at – Demand and supply. I can go work at McDonald's or Chick-fil-A and make $17, $18, $20 an hour. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely correct. That's another thing, too. Yeah. It's, you know, now we're we're fighting with, with uh, um, corporations and entities that we never had to fight for before. Right. Right. If you were a dental hygienist, maybe you went into, um, I don't know, uh, uh, teaching. Right. Now you're a dental hygienist and you're you're a day trader. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're fighting random people that we never had to fight for employment yeah. and employees. And yeah. it's just very difficult. Yeah. And I know that I, I actually would like to know if anybody is listening uh, outside the U.S., I would like to know if this, this is happening in other countries, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Australia shut down for God knows how many times. Right. You know, I wonder how they're doing. Yeah. You know, uh, other countries, you know, England is doing incredible because I watch soccer and I see stadiums are full right you know but they also have like 80 plus percent vaccination rate right you see what i mean so again like this is i want to know what what it looks like in other countries and if anybody's listening please send us an email real dentist at gmail.com and and just let us know like yep. you can come on and tell us how it looks overseas because yep. i'm very curious to see if, if you guys are affected as much as we've been affected yep yep so on to my my next topic yeah this is me complaining about a patient. Uh-oh. So, and I, I, I want to explain this whole situation to you, and you tell me if I'm being ridiculous or not. More than likely you are, but go. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. So, this is a patient who, uh, before the pandemic, I had done some work on, and she owed a couple hundred dollar balance. Right. Uh she was very close to getting sent to collections because she wouldn't answer, you know, the bills that we sent in the mail. And finally she got, you know, we were able to get a hold of her and you know, basically said, look, if you're, if you're having some problems, I'm willing to do a, a payment plan for you. Uh, you know, we can work this out. Just, you know, talk to us if you need help. I'm, you know, willing to help. So she pays her bills. Uh, finally, after, you know, several months of being on a payment plan, uh, disappears from the practice for about um, a year. Uh, she has some some clenching and some grinding problems that I've talked to her about she needs to address or she's going to break more teeth, be in more pain. So she gets another toothache. Um, she comes back in. I, I talk to her and say, you know, this this tooth is fractured, needs to come out. Uh, you, you're losing your back teeth. We got to you know, plan to get implants in here or else you're going to start this whole domino effect. Uh, she agrees to have the tooth taken out. We do the bones. Oh, so break. she comes back. Yeah, she came back. Pain okay. is a powerful motivator. Uh, she comes back. You know, her balance had been paid in full at this point. She comes back, go over the treatment plan. Um, her insurance that didn't cover the the bone graft, so always, she always. she gets another balance of two hundred dollars. Uh, her husband comes in, and it's been three or four years since he has been in for a cleaning. So as a periodontist, what is a full mouth debridement? What is the per point of a full mouth debridement? Well, a full mouth debridement is just so that you can actually get down to pocket because right. there's too much calculus or, you know, something that's blocking you from getting true measurements and you need true measurements in order to know and diagnose. Right. You know what I mean? Like if I have a, a broken arm and the doctor just looks at it and says, yeah, I think it's broken. And then they're like, well, okay, let's get an x-ray. It's like the x-ray machine is not working, but I think it's broken. Yeah. That's not complete treatment. Right. You got to be able to diagnose properly with every, every tool that you have. Right. So the, it's been years since he's got his teeth cleaned. The hygienist does a full mouth debridement, reschedules him two weeks later for the exam. And, you know, whether it's a prophy at that or a regular cleaning at that point or scaling and root planing, we'll figure out at the exam appointment. He cancels on me last minute. You know, there's some flooding. He's got to pump some basements. Okay. We reschedule him again. He cancels again. Mm -hmm. 
So at this point, um, I guess this $200 balance from his wife is still on the account. My staff sends a statement to him and I get a letter in response and Uh and I'm going to read this letter. Um, (laughs) Are you sure? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'll I'll censor it. So it's HIPAA safe. Um, Radiant Dental enclosed as a check for $50 towards the amount owed of $200. I will send $50 payments on November 12th, 10th, or December 10th, and January 14th. We would also like to inform you we will be going somewhere else for our dental care. When we have chosen for sure our new practice, we will be requesting all of our records. With our work schedules, especially her husband's, it is not working for us. Plus, the last, uh, the last visit and appointment for her husband uh was not a, a complete evaluation was not complete was not done okay that was the turning point for us we are also uh we also do not like how you handled the charges to the insurance her husband will be calling on november 25th to check the claim from his last unfinished appointment to make sure it was not turned in as a complete evaluation mm. We are being upfront and honest about how we feel and hope you treat your patients better when it comes to scheduling and complete appointments done at one time. Best regards. Uh, Please do not call us to try and keep us from changing providers. We will notify you when we need our records. If you do not agree with the $50 payments to be sent on the dates we provided, we will consider the outstanding amount of money owed paid in full. So, so either you take our uh, negotiated uh, rates that we negotiated with ourselves, or you don't get your money. Right. So I like that. I like that. I should have done that one. Time. <laughs> I feel like, how much is that? Help? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give you twenty bucks. So, and if you don't like that, guess what? It's a wrap. <laughs> We're keeping a house, and you still can do whatever you want. So, as much as I hate this term, I'm gonna say she triggered me because she. Uh-oh. She attacked my character and my uh-huh. saying that I treat patients terribly because I don't complete the treatment at once. Uh, she's saying, these are the payment terms that I created. And if you don't like it, yeah. consider it paid in full because you're not getting any more. That's right. So I wrote her a letter back. Oh, okay. Oh, this gets better. So <laughs> uh, I explained to her, uh-huh. you know, her husband was seen on this date by the hygienist. Due to extended period of time since the dental hygiene cleaning was completed three years ago, heavy buildup on the teeth, inflamed gums, prevented doing complete exam. This is why we took the the x-rays and we did a full mouth debridement. He was rescheduled two weeks later, given his gums time to heal so I can see and do a complete evaluation. He canceled that appointment, canceled the the following one. On the statement you received, you described... it describes what a full mouth debridement is, and it states on there to enable a comprehensive oral evaluation and diagnosis on a subsequent visit. The exam was never billed out. He failed to keep subsequent appointments for the complete evaluation and diagnosis. In addition, insurance coverage prohibits completion of a comprehensive evaluation on the day of the full mouth debridement due to the inability to accurately diagnose any problems with the teeth and gingiva 
that may be present. Basically everything we said. Very, very professionally worded. And then I said, on the statement, you will also clearly see payment is due upon receipt. Nowhere does it say you are free to make your own payment plan or have the total amount forgiven if I do not agree to a payment plan that you unilaterally decided on. Payment is due in full or your account will be sent to a collection agency. Uh, And then it goes into, you know, you got 30 days of emergency care. I agree you should go to see somebody else because there's been a breakdown in the doctor-patient trust relationship and you need that moving forward. Well, okay, Kyle. Let me let's I guess kind of break this down, right? Uh, first off, the question we always have to ask ourselves is: this worth it? Correct. Right, because this lady, your person, right? I don't want to say just lady because we got all kinds of you know pronouns now. So <laughs> this they, it, that, them, he, she, question mark, whatever it may be, uh-huh. um, has the ability to do what? Go online and give you a bad rating. That's true. Yes. This bad rating could affect you more than $200. It could, yes. Right. Um, second, <laughs> very well very well put um, uh, letter to them. I can guarantee you they didn't read all that. Well, they did because <laughs> I got another response that I'm going to read. Oh, <laughs> the saga continues. <laughs> so, the saga continues. As a little history, I, I live in a small town. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person has known me for a long time. And what made me upset is the sense of entitlement of, you know, I've helped this person out before with payments. If you can't make payments, ask me. I'm more than happy to help you out. I might even forgive the balance. But when you expect that I'm going to, that you deserve payment plan or you deserve to not pay at all after I provided treatment, that's where I feel I need to step in. So well, Okay, here's a question, too, yeah. before you read. Yeah. How small is this town? And are you going to see them either at church, and, grocery store, yes. or somewhere and that's the thing. make it uncomfortable? And that's the thing. Because I before I sent this letter out, I reached out to her. I called. I left a message on her husband's phone and her phone. Hey, I got your letter. Let's talk about this. I want to explain why we did what we did. Okay. No response. So I had to send a letter because I, I figure in my head, I need to explain what was done because I'd rather somebody, I don't want somebody out there saying false information about me. We went there, Dr. Dumpert never saw me. He, he didn't do the exam. He, you know, this is why we do what we do. And that's why I wanted it written as a letter form. And I thought it was a, a pretty well put together letter. I liked it. I liked it. I, I will say, I, I, I thought it was a really good letter. All right. So but the, I'm not sure if it's worth all this energy. But go ahead. So, <laughs> because now the saga is continuing. We, we receive then, an email with a subject line of such a shame. Uh, so, here it goes It is okay. such a shame that you are losing patience. As for her husband's appointment, maybe you should think about how you schedule appointments. You stated that her husband canceled two appointments. Yes, he did. I will explain why, though, even if it is not any of your business, but here, oh. are, the, here are the reasons why. One was because, you know, pumping uh, pump floodwater, pump yeah. rescuing yeah. people from rising floodwaters because he's a first responder volunteer firefighter. 
I think that is more than enough reason and merit to cancel an appointment at last minute. I, I agree. The other appointment was because of his work. They had an emergency call that he had to go to. He was not going to make it to the appointment. At least he called you. He could have been a no-show. His, oh, that's, a, that's written in there. It's written in there. So He's got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> it is a shame that you aren't more caring about your patients all around. A- apparently you do take payments because you cash the check I mailed it. If you don't need to use scare tactics of sending us to a collection agency, been there, done that we are working class and not able to make payments at times because we are robbing Peter to pay Paul life happens. And we try our best to overcome things and do what is right. You have known me for a long time and know the outstanding balance will be paid. Just because I called you out on how you treat people did not merit a letter in response. I already made it very clear we were going somewhere else. But I guess you have to make it look like it was your idea to make you feel better or for whatever reason. In order to get to move on and get over, get anything to do with you over with, I will somehow find the funds to mail you a remaining balance check. Let me make myself clear. It is not because of your threat. We just want to be done with you. Now this has become um, a breakup. It is. And it's become a breakup. And Kyle, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, you guys need therapy. You guys need therapy <laughs> to, to, to counsel and uh, couples therapy. And, it would be beneficial. And because again. It's not your idea, by the way. It, it, it yeah. comes down to. Is she leaving with the kids? That's the question I have. <laughs> no kids. No kids. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank God. That, that complicates everything. It always does. Thank you, Jesus. But the, again, the the sense of entitlement that comes out where, yes, he canceled his appointment. At least he called you when I'm telling her, you know, I tried to do the exam. I had him scheduled twice. I understand things come up. He never wanted to reschedule to do the exam. So that's not my fault for not doing an exam when I tried to get, get him scheduled for. So it's it's one of those instances where, you know, it's best that we do part ways. I It shouldn't be under these conditions because she apparently has a lot going on where she was looking to blame somebody. But um, no, you're absolutely right. It's a small town. I'm going to run into her at some point. She was at my uncle's funeral. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I hate to see any kind of relationship end in that kind of way because I do want, you know, I do care about people. I care about the work I do. Um, but here's a question. It's a small town. That means that, you know, probably most of the dentists in this town, correct? Yes. More than likely the dental office is going to reach out to you and say, Hey, why did so-and-so leave your practice. No, they'll, they'll send a records request, and I will send all of her records as right. she requests, which these right. letters are now part of her her records. Right, and I, I, I understand that part, but there's always a person-to-person discussion, right? If I um, send the records for a patient that I did a surgery on, okay. sometimes the doctor will call me, but I go, how did they go, da-da-da, right? Small talk. Okay. Do you think the doctor is going to call you, contact you, say, hey, Kyle, what's going on with Mrs. Smith? No. Right? No. Oh, you don't think this is going to happen? No, we don't okay, do because that. Because then the question is, 
do you are you obligated or do you have this discussion like oh this is what she did to me and this and this and then put your own personal vibe or feelings into this because then i then you're kind of toting the line of unprofessionalism sure which um i i think there is a little bit of if i'm referring a patient to you know the periodontist the oral surgeon the the endodontist and I feel that um, as the referring dentist, mm-hmm. if there's something I should warn that specialist about, okay. I, I think that if there's somebody that comes to my office that is always having problems paying their bills, always complaining about something, mm-hmm. and that person needs perio treatment, and I send them to you, would you would you appreciate a phone call from me saying, look, this is the kind of history this person has had for right. me. Right. And, and I, I listen, I absolutely do. But the question I have is, is this breaching some kind of ethical line, right? To basically like tell another provider, hey, this person has been this, this and this. So look out for that. Right. Are we doing something wrong? Because I've done that where I've been like, hey, by the way, she really freaked out on us about this, this, and this, and I'm not seeing it because of this, this, and this. Right. Or, 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 hey, listen, this huge, you know, this person cursed out my front office, and, and I need you to understand that that's not cool. And this, right? Right. Is it? Is there something that says that we should not do? That? I guess is my question. Um, I, I think when we're putting our own personal bias in there, right? Um, like I said, when whenever her when it's future, not right? When when her future dental office reaches out to me with a signed uh, records release form, these letters are now part of her records. And I don't think there's any personal bias as far as sending the letters because it's all written down the interaction that happened and the the future office can decide where they want to go from there. Okay. And then here's a question. I mean, you know, I know this answer, but here's a question for you, right? Can that future office say, Nope, we don't want to see you. Absolutely. And if that's the case, are you still entitled or are you still beholden to see this patient for emergencies? For 30 days, yes. So there's okay. no no patient abandonment. We're, uh, yep, there, we, we have to offer somebody 30 days written notice that they need to find somewhere else to go. Gotcha. Here's a here's another uh, scenario. Um, I, oh, I'm sorry, are you done? Are you yeah, done? That, 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 I didn't respond. At that point, I, I felt it best to and communication. <laughs> you took the high road after the second, <laughs> third try. Got it. <laughs> That's basically what you just said. I took the high road after I got at her for a moment. After I hit her in the, in, the, in the ribs, I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Good job, Kyle. You're a bigger man. <laughs> but here's the here's scenario, too. Ready? And I'm not sure if we talk about this enough. Let's just say that you do a procedure on the patient, Right. right? And and it let's uh, we'll, we'll implant. Right? This has happened multiple times. This okay. has happened to me before. I've done an implant, and let's just say the implant fails on the patient. Right. Right. And the and the failure, and you're like, hey, you know, this implant fails. You sign all the consent. The consent tells you there's there's a chance for failure. We know this. Right. Right. And then the patient's like, oh well, I'm gonna go to somebody else. Okay. Okay. And for me, what I do is I'm like, okay, cool. The implant failed within a certain amount of time. Here's your money back. Okay. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Here's your money back. Right? Right. And this is within a certain amount of time. It can't be like two, three, it can't be like four years from now. No. Right, right. It's like within a certain 
this fan. Like, you didn't get a crown under it, nothing. It failed. Okay, right. here's your money back. Yep. Okay. Are you obligated then to, when the patient goes to another provider, to then um, pay for, ready? Pay for whatever treatment that the other provider provides the patient over what you gave the patient back. So let's just say you gave the patient back a hundred, a thousand dollars. Right. But their treatment at the other providers is going to be two thousand. Are you obligated to then pay that additional? As a for you as the specialist, no. Just anybody I, in general. I mean, anybody in general. <clears throat> this, this is a, this is something we deal with all the time. Yeah. Right? And I kind of wanted to bring it up that way. Like you actually reminded me to just kind of talk about these things. I, I think as if they're if I'm the general dentist and you know I get in there to do, let's say I, I decide I want to do an immediate implant on one of the front teeth, on a tooth that has an infection. I cut it open. I don't do a good job cleaning it out or grafting at the time of immediate placement. There's higher risk. The implant fails because either my skills weren't good enough, I made a mistake, or it could be something the patient did. Right. I, I, I think... Uncontrolled diabetes, smoker, right. all that increases your failure rate. Right. I, I think, you know, if I give that patient their money back, everything that uh, they paid me, mm-hmm. I think that should be it. Unless something that I did with negligence caused okay. more work to be done. Right. Uh, and so the question is, what is negligent, right? right. Um, and does your consent form negate you from negligence, if that makes any sense, yeah. right? Yeah. If you say on your consent form, hey, there's a chance for failure, then you not doing the proper or you're not placing the implant and or placing the implant in an infected area and it fails. Is that negligent? Because you should have known not to do that. Right. Right. So that's the question I have. Do you base it off of, Oh, well the research that shows that if you do a really good um, degranulation and you really clean out that socket, well, the success rate is pretty much equivalent to a clean socket. Right. Right. Or can you say, well, you knew that there was going to be a failure rate. Right. And you just happened to fall in that failure rate. Does right. that make sense? Yes. And I know we're not lawyers, and that might be something that we might need to find somebody who is a, a dental lawyer to come and explain these things. But I think that's a, that's a legitimate discussion. Yeah. I, I, I think that comes down to the relationship between the dentist and the patient. And if there's good communication between these are the risks of what can happen. And the patient is very accepting of those risks and understands, um, you know, dentists and anybody in the medical profession, for the most part, I think are, are ethical people and really want to help the person. Uh, plus the implant companies are very good about with implants being our example. Uh, they're very willing to, you know, the implant failed, let's replace it. You know, let's cover the lab fee, whatever. Because uh, this just happened to me. I, the patient had a, an immediate implant placed by the oral surgeon. He's a very well-known national speaker surgeon. And I went to put the implant crown on. He had torque tested it, sent it to me. Uh, I got the crown made. I went to torque the abutment down and the implant spun and backed right out of the socket. And, right. um, you know, the patient's first question after explaining what happened, uh, am I going to have to pay for this? And I said, no, you know, we'll, we'll take care of it because, you know, this is none of your fault. Um, right. And 
Yeah, that is, I think there's a difference between us with medical or with dental versus medical, because when a hip fails, I don't know, or a knee fails and they, the person has to go in for multiple surgeries. I think the insurance companies are the one footing the bill for that, for multiple surgeries where dentistry is, you know, you get your thousand dollars to spend a year and that's it. So there's more pressure on us to, we want to make that patient happy. We want to see our work last a long time. Well, we can't say that doctors, MDs, DOs don't want to make their patients happy. Right. So we got to be careful. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they absolutely do <laughs> you know, also. Calm down, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have a, a little bit more buffer because most of that expense is covered by insurance, medical insurance, where dental doesn't cover that much. Got you. Yeah. No, no, you're very true. Well, but the question, again, I ask is, and this might span within, right? Uh, and there's two parts to this, actually. One, if, let's just say your implant fails, Kyle, and it was yeah. the other way around, and they went to the oral surgeon, and right. your implant failed, should you cover any additional outstanding outcome, right? So if you charge the patient $1,000 and the oral surgeon says, no, it's going to take me 2000 to repair this, right. should you pay the other 1000 I think so. Okay. I, th- I think so. Or um, if that surgeon calls me and uh, out of some uh, professional courtesy decides, like, I'd normally charge 2000 for this. This doesn't happen all the time with your patients. I know you refer a lot to me. You know, could you cover my expenses doing this? Yes, absolutely. Um, whatever it takes to make this patient happy. Because if that patient leaves, and it costs them several thousand dollars more, it could turn into a complaint to the board. And then it's up to the, the dental board to decide who's right and who's wrong. And right. you don't want to do that. Right. And then, okay. So the question is then what, okay, well, it's, it's not fun. Let's just start off by saying it's not no. fun to have to send in all the records and everything like that. Um, but does, do you think that that starts? And again, I'm playing devil's advocate advocate here. Cause I do truly believe that just, you know, Hey, most people, most people are very reasonable, right? You know, um, but do you think that it, then it starts a, a cascading effect of, oh well, he paid for this, so if anything, anything happens, he's going to just keep paying for it. So you, you know, oh well, this filling didn't work out, so I'm going to go somewhere else, and I'm going to get them to do it could. the work. It could, right? Oh, now I want a crown because this filling didn't work out. Now I want a crown. It could. So you're going to pay for the crown. It could, and I, I, I think that's where your uh, liability insurance comes into play before you offer any kind of refund or paying for somebody's service. That's why we pay liability insurance. You reach out to them and if they draft up some kind of document saying, yes, you know, we'll we'll cover the treatment for this, but these are the the legal talk to, you know, this is a one-time thing and it's not going to, but you're right. It could set a precedent where that patient thinks, well, I could use this to, you know, right, pay for get, pay for my yeah. other care. Right, go get like veneers everywhere now. Have my home because he did one fill and I need veneers. Now, it, you, know? you know, I, I I had a patient come in that uh, went to an all you can eat buffet, uh, and the best. they they, the best. they <laughs> bit down on something that was uh-huh. hard in their food, broke okay. a tooth. And they came to my office and they said, no, no, I don't have to pay for this. The The restaurant has insurance. They said they're going to cover fixing my broken tooth because 
this hard thing was in my food. Okay. And, and you look at their mouth and there's cavities everywhere. And you think to yourself, you know, this isn't the restaurant's fault. This is because you had a giant cavity in your tooth and it's hollowed out. Um, Listen, so there are people never, that, you know, game the system. That's it. And it's never anybody else's fault, but everybody else's. Fault, right, right. Right. It's not my fault. It's everybody else's. Fault. Right. How can I point fingers at myself? Victim mentality. Sense. Yep. And so that's a discussion, you know, uh, to me, you know, to me, I, I think that you just have to kind of tote the line. Yeah. Right. Do whatever you possibly can to fix it or remedy the situation. Right. To me, I, a part of me would, I would talk directly to the provider more than I would the patient. Right. You know, I'd be like, hey, what's going on? You know, what can I do? Da, 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 right. Right. But a part of me doesn't also want to get into the notion of, oh, let me go ahead and keep paying for other people's stuff. Right. right. Like, because there's so many factors when it comes to surgery, when it comes to procedures that we do. Right. Why things could fail. Right. That same patient could have went to, like you said, went to the all you can eat buffet, crunched out on a restoration that you did. Yeah. Now they need an implant. And they're like, well, you need to pay for my implant. Right. Yeah. When do you cut the? When do you, when do you stop and say, "I this has nothing to do with me. This is not my fault." And, and that's, uh, I think that comes to, uh, again, the relationship with your patients and recognizing red flags. And if if you sense there's any kind of problem that a patient is going to give you, then at that point, cut ties with the patient, dismiss them from your practice, and because yeah, no amount of money or procedure is going to be worth dealing with the complications of a, you know, a, a patient that has high expect too high of expectations or won't take accountability for anything that they do. Okay. Okay. I agree. I agree. I, I do think that these are discussions that we need to have. And I want to hear from any listeners about basically if you've had to deal with this, well, how did you resolve it? I want to know if, if other people are going through the same thing. Like, because any of these topics that we talk about now, it's stuff that, like, as Kyle so eloquently showed in his letter, you know, <laughs> we deal with stuff all the time. Right. And so why not just talk about it, of course, with OSHA and HIPAA uh, recognition in there so that we don't call anybody out, right? Yep. Again, we don't do this out of malice or anger or anything. Kyle might be angry right now, but <laughs> most of the time we're not doing this out of anger or malice right. or anything. We're just basically saying, hey, this is our story. And what this what can we, what can we learn from it? How can we be better for right. it? And right. if, if you think we're wrong, if, we're th- if you think I'm just being a rich dentist that should have forgiven that balance and told the patient, you know, the customer's always right, um, let us know. We, we want to hear criticisms. We want to hear if you agree or disagree. Here's something that I learned. I remember when I worked at Home Depot. I used to work at Home Depot. Okay. okay. All right. I also used to work at Kmart. Most people don't know what Kmart is, but I used to work at Kmart. I didn't read that Kmart. Um, Blue light uh, special. Oh, thank you. So I used to work at Kmart, and I, I started in the front. Okay. Uh, and, and at Kmart, you could return mostly anything. Right. People would return a lot of stuff. And sometimes we're like, that's, that's not even ours. Right. Okay. And, and But the difference between Kmart and Home Depot was at Home Depot, you can literally return anything okay. and they would take it back. Why? Because they felt like if they were just, hey, let's just please the, uh, the, the customer. Right. Then by us taking something that might not even be ours. And again, I want to say, I want to I, I want to preface it by saying this this policy might have changed. Right. But when I worked there, we were basically accepting anything. Patients, are, or, or I said patients, cu- customers might come and be like, oh, I bought this here. Yeah. And you know clearly you don't even sell this in this right. store. Right. But you would take it and then give them store credit because then they might buy more things. There. Right. 
Yep. So it's kind of like a gamble to say, well, if we treat you well and we took something that doesn't even belong to us, you might actually spend more. Right. right. Yep. So this might be a situation where you're like, okay, I'm going to eat the cost because maybe this person might need, you know, $20,000 worth of treatment. I doubt it based on the $550 situation. Right. But, <laughs> you know, that might be something. Right. So again, it's it's a it's a very it's a balancing act. I agree. I agree. But we're not also a multi-billion-dollar company that can take that loss and be okay. You right. know, most of these companies, I think, write off like millions upon millions of dollars worth of theft and everything else. I, I, if somebody steals five dollars from me, I'm like, I'm angry. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yep. <laughs> I'm angry. So you gotta understand. You know, uh, small business versus large corporations. Yeah, so, you know, and, and you don't want to have that reputation if you know, just complain about the price, and they'll forgive it. That's it. That's it. Well, let's end it here, Kyle. Yep. I think we did well. I think. I hope you feel better. I do. I feel much better, and I'm looking Good. forward to see if anybody responds and gives us their opinion. Well, you, you, you basically were a cyber bully, but that's another story. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this poor lady, she's probably like some someone's grandmother. <laughs> and you're having a verbal written email spat with her where she could probably barely even write the email. That probably took all the effort for her to just write the email. You know? And you're like, listen there, lady. You know? Listen, Mr. Smith. Okay. But uh, <laughs> but no, let's just end it here. I, I, I really want to hear from other people. I want to get other people involved in this conversation i want dentists to basically tell us their stories you absolutely. know i think it'd be fun to kind of hear other people's stories so that we don't feel like we're all going into this all on our own absolutely and we don't sound like two grumpy men just kind of <laughs> you know um yeah man we're, we're, i'm very excited to just i actually you know what i want to do i want to bring somebody who um is an avid investor like a dentist that, that's changed their life and is an investor yeah or a dentist that now does i don't know um house uh what's it called uh syndications okay. that'd be cool yeah right so that we can find out other ways to make money man you know i i want to do this because i want to not because i have to right yeah you know yep. so we need it we, we're gonna go out there if anybody's listening there or knows anybody who's like a a dental syndicator for houses or you know a dental investor like i would love them to come on so walter's trying to find his way out of dentistry damn right <laughs> 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 you know but no man like honestly i think we should talk about whatever you know yeah. makes us successful in, in so many different ways and then we have a buddy of mine coming on to talk about basically how to market in the cheapest way possible yep, yep. you know because we're paying thousands of dollars to these consulting companies and you may not be getting the roi that you want right so let's just figure a way to utilize the internet to our benefit. Right? Yep. I'm not saying that all of a sudden Kyle is going to be a Instagram, you know, uh, influencer. No, we know but, that's not happening. You know, <laughs> he might be. I mean, you know, he starts surfing. All of a sudden, he's a surfing <laughs> dentist. We don't know, Kyle. And if, if you do that, I'm taking my cut. <laughs> you know, but but again, you know, I think we need to find different ways to save money, uh, uh, make money, and and just live a healthy, happy mindful life and we're going to have somebody come and talk to us about mindfulness yep. we tried that the first time audio issues again we're not a we're not a rich podcast so <laughs> you know <laughs> it's just us two sitting here you know what i mean uh but yeah i mean no producers yeah but we definitely appreciate people listening i think without our you know very small you know uh uh very small cult-like listeners. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing this. We probably would have been done years ago. Yeah. Let's be honest. We'd yep. be like, okay, no one's listening. Let's just stop this. 
you know, it's sad now. Even my mother doesn't listen. (laughs) Send us an email, realdennisswithaness at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube. Yeah. And then, yeah, find us on YouTube. You know, we want to, we want to, we want to basically get feedback. We want to know what people think. Yep. Absolutely. You have a good rest of your day, Walter. Yes, sir. Enjoy. Go Eagles. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. See ya. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R-E-A-L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that, our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.